Welcome to Combos with Cam, a podcast from the heart of a 40-ish black native Oakland woman just out here trying to function. It's like your Saturday morning chat with your favorite cousin or your cool aunt, talking about everything and nothing while navigating through the circle of life. From adult friendships to caring for aging parents to the things that aren't always discussed, but maybe should be. Let's talk about it and grow through it together. It was all good just a week ago. Not only a track from Jay-Z and Too Short, Town Biz, you know what it is. But literally, it is the story of my life. Last Thursday, I scrambled to try to get to work for some meetings. I had a a 9 a.m. meeting with one of my directors, a 9.30 with one of my peers, a 10 o'clock with one of my peers, a 10.30 with one of my peers. I had a bunch of meetings back to back to back to back to back. And I was like, dang. Me being me, I struggled trying to get up because I stayed up late trying to get up early. And me being me, that's just not how I work. So... It was difficult for me to try and get up and get to work, but I made it work in a sense that my nine, my 9.30 with one of my peers was canceled. And actually my 9 a.m. with my manager shifted. So I ended up with a 10, a 10, 30, and an 11. So in theory, I could have gone to work. And maybe I could have, should have, would have gone to work. Because what do you do? How do you act when it's your last day of work and you don't know it? In a matter of seven days. I went from Googler to ex-Googler, COVID-free to a, fo- a first-time COVID-er. It's a new word, y'all. Just, just roll with me. I'm good. It was all good just a week ago. Funny what seven, de- seven days would, would, could change. It's a song by Sean Carter and Todd. I don't even know Too Short's real last name. Sorry, not sorry. Anyway, it's a song on Jay-Z's album, A Hard Knock Life, Volume 2, called It Was All Good Just a Week Ago. And I asked the question, How would you handle your last day of work knowing that it was coming? For me, there was no way of knowing that January 19th, I think it was, would be my last day in the office. And that January 20th, would be my last official day 
as a Googler. What I can say without unapologetic certainty is that had I known that January 19th was my last day in the office, I for surely only, only would have grabbed some last minute snacks. I would have grabbed, you know, a Caesar salad, some herb chicken, a couple of Reese's, some pep in your step trail mix. I might have grabbed a peach or a pineapple hint water. The cheese sticks and the meat sticks. I don't want to call them pepperoni sticks because I don't think they were officially like pepperoni sticks. But I absolutely would have grabbed those knowing that it was my last day in my in the office and one of my my second to last day as a googler one of the things that i learned while being a googler particularly on the team that i supported was around creating a um the future of work And I recognize that this opportunity that I'm in right now creates me to create my next future of work. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about? I'm sorry. Let me bring you into the room. So. Last Friday. January 20th. I want to say softly. I wake up to an email that has the subject, the notice about your employment. It it goes on to say that essentially my time as a Googler has come to an end and there is no longer a position for me at Googler at Google. Funny thing is, this isn't just happening to me. This has happened to eleven thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine other people. Google, a company that talks about respecting the opportunity. Respecting the user and respecting each other has just laid off 10,000, 12,000, excuse me, it has just laid off 12,000 employees from its workforce. There are some people who have been there 15 years, 15 plus years. There are some people who have been there less than a year. Crazy, right? And you would think that that may or may not be the worst thing that has happened to me in the last seven days. But I promise you, it may or may not be. 
Because I went from being a Googler to an ex-Oogler in a matter of moments. I checked my email at 6.45 in the morning, which may or may not have been unusual for me. And I go into, I try to log into my email before 7 o'clock to find out that I'm locked out. I am no longer a Googler. Huh? Me? You locked me out? How did... Wait, what? I am locked out of my account. And I went from an LDAP of... Camille Harvey at Google to you don't have access to this information. You don't have access to this page. You don't have access to this account. And it's like, wow. I mentioned that when I was at Google, because I am now a ex-Oogler, that I had an opportunity to kind of define and understand what the future of work might, could be. And I go from A Googler who is a week away from executing her first off-site, on-site with her new team. To an ex-Oogler who was really trying to figure out what's good on this Friday. Because I don't have anything work-related to do. This whole thing almost feels very surreal to me. It's like, how do you go from Google fan, Google enthusiast, to being in the shower, considering purchasing your first iPhone ever? Ooh, that's a lot. That's deep. That is heavy. One thing that I can say for me is that I thank God and I praise God that I am an army of one. I don't have to worry about trying to provide or figure it out for anybody else but me. I have an opportunity to identify what my future of of work looks like. And that is something that I was working on with my previous team 
at Big Daddy Google, as I used to call them. I have an amazing opportunity to now create for me because I am the only person that I am responsible for a new future of work for me. Do I want to be 100% remote? Do I want to go into a hybrid working environment? Do I want to go back into the office? I don't know, but I don't have to rush to figure it out. And that is a blessing for me. I came to Google as an admin. But the truth of the matter is that I never wanted to be an admin. This is absolutely 100% no shade to admins. But that was not the journey that my life was on. Again, no shade to anybody. If if that's your dream job, you want to be the admin, the whatever, 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 to whatever company, CEO, CFO, whatever. That was never, ever, ever my journey. That was never, ever, ever my path. That was never, ever, ever who or what I wanted to be. I remember finishing grad school about five and a half years ago. And I was struggling to find a path back to what I wanted to do, which was be in the higher ed space. After grad school, it was like, I left higher ed to, you know, focus solely on grad school. And it was an opportunity for me to, you know, get that next degree. Even though I had eight and a half, nine years of experience, a lot of the roles that I was looking at said that they wanted that advanced degree. So I went and did a hybrid version of that degree so that I could move up in the ranks and do more in the space that I thought I wanted to be in. And I pushed myself in ways that I didn't think should or could push myself in to hurry up and graduate. So that I can rejoin the workforce and get back into the space where I knew that I could be a connection, an opportunity, a space for our students, a safe space for students who look like me, right? I had casted a net. I had casted my hook. It it wasn't no bites. I started casting my net before I graduated. And it wasn't no bites. 
And so I really found myself having a tough time trying to figure out, like, what's next? Like, while I was in grad school, I was a whole barista at Starbucks. Can you imagine knocking on 40's door, getting ready to graduate from Starbucks, graduating from grad school, but you are a whole barista? Talk about what kind of frappuccino do you want? How can I make your cappuccino a little bit better? What? That's where I was. And so I was really, really, really in a tough place. And I remember finding myself in a space where I had interviewed almost for a um, a chief of staff position for a primarily on-campus school that had an office across the street from where I had worked previously. And me being the social person that I was, I peeked my head in, talked to my old supervisor, and I was like, hey, you know, what's going on, blah, blah, whatever, whatever. And she brought me into the room about what was going on in the office And where things were. And I learned that her admin was no longer in the office. And she was looking for somebody to step into that admin role. And so, long story less long. You know how I do. I was given an opportunity To serve as an executive assistant. And I want to emphasize the part where I said I was given the opportunity. Um, What I thought was a good opportunity, it really was not. Mistakes were made on both sides of the equation. But my biggest mistake was that I believed in someone who had already shown me who they were previously and I know that a leopard cannot change his spots a tiger cannot change his stripes when a person shows you who they are The first time, my God, you should absolutely believe them. For some reason, I didn't. And I messed around and got very, very complacent in a situation and stayed in a role that I wasn't really trained for. And stayed in a space that I wasn't really welcome in. And I did that for three and a half years. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the office. 
And I learned a lot about the people that I worked with. And no shade to them. They are all amazing, committed people who have done what they needed to do based on the circumstances of their life. I will never fault them them for that. And I can honestly say that I have had not one, but two experiences where I have worked in offices that were primarily driven by women of color. And taking it a step further, they were predominantly black women in the spaces where I was in. But they weren't necessarily welcoming to me. And it's not necessarily their fault. I came in under different pretenses from what they were told. And I came in and stayed in those positions from a place that I later learned was a place of loyalty. And I'm not going to say that that loyalty cost me because I believe that I was where I was supposed to be because of that loyalty. And I saw what I needed to see because of that loyalty. And I am who I am because of that loyalty. But all of that, all of that being said, I did not need to be where I was any longer than I was there. And so I used my time and I used my position in that space to catapult me to the place, space where I thought I wanted to be. Not where I thought I wanted to be, where I knew I wanted to be. I said this shortly after I started my time at Google, that I had always been a Googler, but now I'm getting paid for it. And so I made my way into the Google space as an admin. But hindsight being 2020, I know that my time and my onboarding in both spaces was exactly what it was supposed to be. A smack in the face that even though this might be my opportunity, this is not where I need to be right now. This is not the role for me right now. And so I had two opportunities where I wasn't fully onboarded in the sense that one, 
it's very difficult to onboard somebody virtually. It's another to onboard somebody who, while they may have the technical skills to do what you want them to do, if you're not taking the time to onboard them into the space, to acclimate them to the team, to acclimate them to the role, you're not setting them up for success. There were two roles back cons- there were two consecutive roles where I was not acclimated appropriately to be my best self to support the person or persons that I needed to. I supported and I want to make sure that I use the right language. I supported an agency director for a major city in the East Bay for three and a half years without formal training. I I figured it out along the way and I did what I did and I did what I could to piece together the holes that were there because trust me, there were definitely holes. But I did what I could and I stuck around for as long as I could or as long as I felt I stuck around. I tried to support. I tried to be a person for a person. But if you never get off on the right foot, There is literally nothing you can do to put you and the other person on the same page. And I know that to be true because that was my life for two, almost two years, maybe. So I go from supporting one agency director to transitioning into the tech space. During a pandemic to support essentially five people, three in different locations outside of the Bay Area. To say that it was an adjustment is an overstatement. I tried. I tried to tap into a lot of resources and personalities and different tools that I had to support the different people, personalities, and things that I needed to support as I was coming into the Google space. And what started off as supporting five people Ended up being supporting four people and a vice president. My hiring manager got promoted to vice president within 90 days after I started. 
and then 90 days after that, maybe it was 120 days after that, they brought in another director who was a direct report to my now vice president. And so I took it upon myself to offer transitional admin support for the new person that they brought in. In addition to the five other people that I'm supporting. So if you're keeping a tally. I go from supporting one person. In local government. To supporting. Six. And almost seven months. That is crazy pants. How do you go from supporting one person to seven to six in a span of six, maybe seven months? And you're doing this virtually. You onboarded virtually. You joined your favorite tech company virtually. Because you joined during a pandemic. Wow. To fast forward. Almost. Ten months later. After. Eleven months. Eleven months after. Your latest director onboarded. To being laid off. As part of the Google layoffs. That is crazy as hell. That is crazy as hell. And what makes it worse is there are parts of you that maybe saw it coming because you believed in the words that some of your leaders shared with you versus watching the actions that they showed you. It is good, I promise you, on things. It is good, good, good in the neighborhood. It ain't no problems. It ain't no smoke. It is what it is. You know, this is not the first time that I have worked for a company that has very strong name recognition and everybody wants to work for them. This isn't new to me. In fact, this is almost like 20 years to the day. I worked 
as the worldwide leader in sports, for those of you who are not necessarily following. And that was very much who I wanted to be and the path that I wanted to be on. And the truth of the matter is that I was not a good foot a good fit for that path and that company was not a good fit for me. I know so many people who thrived from their experience during their time with the worldwide leader and have gone off to do amazing things, whether they stayed in media, whether they stayed in sports or not. One of my best girlfriends, We share a love of baseball and we share a love of sci-fi and somehow we both ended up in the space of higher education. Miss Ma'am is a whole doctor. You gonna put some respect on on her name when you call it out. She is a whole doctor. Pause. With no more student loans. Shout out to my girl. I'm proud of you sis. I'm so happy for you. And and one day soon. My time is coming. Maybe. But anyway. This space is not new to me. In the sense of. Working in a. A space that has the name recognition. And working for someone and and doing work, right? And then the journey shifts. The path shifts. Life shifts. Life happens. The dream shifts. It's not necessarily a dream deferred. It's a dream refocused. What do you do, right? So I have the experience, again, almost 20 years apart to the day. Not not quite to the day, but whatever. No, it's definitely, it's not quite 20 years apart to the day. But anyway, remembering who I was and who I thought I wanted to be. Because of my 22, 23, 24 year old self. But also. Knowing that. Life will get to life in. And if there's anything that we have learned over the past. Five, 10, 15 years. Is that life gets to life in. You could not have told me when I graduated from my amazing alma mater that I would be in the seat that I'm in right now. And let me just say, just to to bring it all into the room, in case I forgot. I went from planning an offsite 
one day to being let go silently by email the next day. Silently let go and locked out by email the next day to coming down with COVID the following Tuesday. I dipped and dodged COVID for almost three years to turn around and get COVID on some BS, which may or may not be why I sound the way that I do. But in having a conversation with one of my dear friends, I recognize that there is something powerful about Tell, there are two ways to tell a story. You can tell a story verbally and you can tell a story with words. You can tell a story with expression where somebody can hear you and what you're saying and what you're feeling and your passion. And then somebody can read your words. You can have an extensive vocabulary. You can use all of the $10 words and be amazing and be an amazing orator in that way or you can tell a story with passion and conviction and emotion which I'm confident in saying that I am good at there are so many stories that I can tell that go so many different ways based on the way that I tell the story And the passion that I use to tell the story. I, of all of the things that I am, I am a good storyteller. Which is how you got this story right now. All of this to say. There's a lot to figure out for me for what's next. I was part of the Google 12,000. And after three years, I caught COVID-19. This is my first time catching COVID. Not too happy about it. Might be a little gun giant in social spaces moving forward. Blah, blah, whatever, whatever. There are so many lessons to be learned and to be taught within the span of a week. Like I said, if I had known that January 19th was going to be my last day in the office, guess what? I wholeheartedly would have grabbed some different snacks. I might have popped in and out to different places to go and get, you know, some to-go food. Just to have a different experience. I remember thinking shortly after. I was let go from Google. 
you know? And I, I had a a moment of cognitive dissonance. And I was like, well, you know, if the right opportunity comes, I'll I'll go back to Google. Really? You would go back to a company that lays off 6% of its workforce silently. Really? Because you're a big fan of their products. Really? That's a lot, Camille. That's a lot. A lot of people have been laying off parts of their workforce. A lot of teams, a lot of industries have been severely impacted by the pandemic. But of all of them that have been impacted, Meta, Amazon, Twitter, Microsoft, Google, local mom and pops, inflation being through the roof. There are so many things that have impacted the workforce as we know it. But guess what? Of all of the companies that have laid folks off, Apple has not as of right now. And I'm not projecting. Please don't take this as a projection that Apple is going to lay off some folks. I don't know. That is, I don't have a crystal ball. That is not what I'm projecting. But Tim Cook took a pay cut to ensure that his workforce was solid. Elon Musk didn't do that. We don't even really need to talk about Elon Musk because... He is a whole thing within himself. Mark Zuckerberg didn't do it. Sundar didn't do it. I'm drawing a blank on the former owner of Amazon. He didn't do it. Bill Gates laid off some people, but it's not necessarily, but Bill Gates laid off some people. Even though he, him and Melinda split, he could have taken a pay cut to sustain his workforce. He didn't do that. There's something to be said about Apple and Tim Cook. Now, I don't want to wake up tomorrow and, and learn that Tim Cook is going to cut like 7,000 jobs like that would be BS of epic proportions. But I say all that to say it's crazy pants that all of these billionaires thought to cut their workforce before cutting their pay, which the truth of the matter is they wouldn't even feel the cut in their pay before they cut their their workforces. And I know that more work force impacts are on the way. And I hope more CEOs would take a better look 
But, I mean, that's an idealistic vision, right? And so my prayer is that everybody who is in the workforce has what they need to make a good choice, a good next step for them. For those who are entrepreneurs, I pray that your product, that your service, that whatever you're offering sustains all of the BS that is going on in our economy right now. Another prayer that I have is that I pray for comfort. For all of those who are impacted by the reduction in workforce. It's not easy being impacted in that way. And I know that not everybody is as fortunate as I am or not everybody has the perspective that I have where you only have to worry about yourself. Worry about yourself. No, everybody doesn't have that option. There are some people who really need to jump back in the workforce right now Because the mortgage needs to be paid. Because tuition needs to be paid. Because life continues to happen. Even though a multimillionaire is not really worried about you and your family and your life. They made a decision based off of some numbers. And they cut you out. Not everybody has the luxury to be able to take their time to figure out what the what their future of work is going to look like. I know that. I recognize that. But what I also know is that everybody who has been impacted in this space of transition in the space of losing their job, is suffering from grief. And I don't consider myself to be an expert on grief, but I know a thing or two. Because I lost my person 10 and a half years ago. I lost my first person 10 and a half years ago. And I lost my second person 11 months ago. And I know that I have not been the same person since. And I know that grief hits all of us differently. And so for all of us who have been impacted by the reduction in workforce. I would say do what you need to do to take care of yourself. 
Some of you have a longer time to figure out what taking care of yourself looks like. But do what you need to do to take care of yourself. One of the parallels that I would draw between losing a job and losing a loved one is that everybody is there for you when it happens in the moment. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Let me know what I can do to help. Let me let me do this. Let me do that. Can I send you something? Can I do this? Can I do that? All of that is good in two weeks. But please save some of that energy for six weeks, nine weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks down the line. When those of us who have been impacted negatively by the reduction of the workforce are going to need it. Everybody showing up on the front end, posting resumes on LinkedIn, offering recommendations, you know, expanding folks networks. And I'm not saying don't do that. There are some people who need that right now because they don't have the luxury of trying to figure out what's next. But I ask that you please keep that same energy for those of us who will need it in six weeks, nine weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks. After we've taken some time to process our feelings, after we've taken some time to heal and recover from COVID, talking about me, I'm talking about people who have had a little bit of a small chance to maybe try and figure out next steps. The same energy you have right now of being a mentor, of being a resource, of being a sounding board, of being, you know, a recommender, of being a, a thought partner. Please, 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 please. Have that same energy in April, May, and June when the leads haven't popped up the way that we thought that they would. Have that same level of encouragement. Be willing to take us out to, for coffee or just sit with us and, and go on a stroll or take a walking meeting with us or, or go out for coffee or go out for lunch. Because our spirits and our energy are low. Because because the job market is not what we thought it would be. Because we had to take a pause on finding a job. Because we had to still care for an aging parent. Because we still had to, to care for our children. Because we still had to care for a loved one. Because we still had to provide support. There are so many of us who are fighting multiple battles at the same time. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that it is difficult to try and have that same amount of energy for the different battles that we're all facing. But for those of us 
impacted by the great reduction of work in January, please have some space for us in April if we haven't found our next great fit. Please have some space for us in July and August and September when we haven't found our next great fit and we find ourselves doing what we need to do to make ends meet, to meet our obligations to ourselves, to our goals, to our partners, to our families. Please have some grace for us. Please be there for us. I know in the last, since I have announced that I've been impacted by the reduction of workforce and the pandemic, I've had good friends, people who have known me 25 plus years who don't reach out to me regularly, but reach out enough to be like, oh, well, when you figure out next steps, holler at me. Y'all have known me for 25 plus years. And can't sit on the phone to have a conversation with me longer than five minutes. It's tough to be in this situation. It's tough for me to be in this situation. I'm not going to speak for anybody else. It's tough for me to process everything I'm feeling in this situation. Because I don't even know fully what I'm feeling because I am trying to accept myself, accept the fact that I've been impacted directly by COVID-19, even though being boosted and vaccinated and dipping and dodging it for almost three years, it finally caught me in in a shared space. It is tough. It is so tough. Excuse me. And it's like, blood, is you serious right now? Now, I recognize that I am the friend that you call when you want to talk on the phone. And I recognize that most people don't be wanting to talk on the phone. They'll talk on the phone... Maybe 10 minutes tops. Maybe. But if you want to have a conversation longer than that, I'll be your person to call. I get that. And it's just so amazing, for lack of a better word. The ways in which people show up. And I'm not, this is not a knock on the way that people show up. It is a plea for you to have some of that same energy down the road when the wound is not so fresh, when the encouragement is not so high, when the prospects are running low. Please still want to talk to me about what's going on in life. Give me a distraction or give me some words of encouragement. To help me figure out the next steps. Because right now my path is rocky. Be with me then. 
when I think about what when my dad died and the minister said something to the effect of, you know, essentially check on the family three weeks, a month, two months from now after the burial. It's so true. And the same principle can be applied to all of us being impacted by the great reduction. Do what you can in the moment. I'm not taking that from you. But please have some energy for us in the future, too. That's all I got. Thanks for checking out this episode of Combos with Cam. Share your thoughts and reflections on today's episode on Instagram or the Twitter at Combos with Cam, hashtag Combos with Cam. Or you can shoot me an email at comboswithcam at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Let's chat soon.